Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Celebrate Herself podcast. New episodes every Thursday available on all platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. As always, if you're watching this on YouTube, comment down below your beverages of the day. Today, I have three beverages just to really stay on brand. I have a water, I have a venti iced Americano that is half decaf, and I hesitated getting half decaf because normally I've been getting two thirds decaf, so even more decaf, but I was like, you know, it's only two shots of espresso. There's a lot I wanna do today. I just wanna sip on it all throughout the day. I mean, the ice has melted. So it looks a lot more full than it is, but I feel over caffeinated and that's just a sign, you know, when you're on your period, about to start your period, just kind of in that more hormonal time of the month, having caffeine is just so bad. Like I know, I know that as a fact, but I also just know for myself, my body personally, it never hits how I want it to hit. And you guys have probably heard me if you live, if you (laughs) If you've listened, if you've listened to this podcast before, you've probably heard me talk about how sometimes the caffeine is really hitting, really doing what I want it to do, and other times it just leaves me feeling overcaffeinated and just that weird like it's such a weird feeling because it's not like you're tired, but it's like still hard to do anything. So, anyway, I also just made a peppermint tea to hopefully try and balance out some of this caffeine, and I've tried to drink my water a lot so annoying so let me know your beverages um and if you haven't i would definitely recommend looking into more decaf options um i definitely feel a lot better when i have less caffeine (laughs) so we have some exciting topics to talk about today and thank you guys so much i know i think it was two podcasts ago i asked you guys just for any advice or feedback you had for me regarding the podcast and what you'd want to see more of or what could just improve the quality of it. And I got some really good ideas from you guys. So thank you so much for that. I know in the most recent podcast, I didn't get a chance to say all of that because I had pre-recorded that one because I was back home visiting my family that week. Um, But now we're back. So thank you so much for all of that. Um, I think one of the main things for me was the adding the chapters on the videos. But even if you listen on Spotify or Apple Music, you can still read the description and you can see all the timestamps for each topic. I don't know why I just never thought to do that before. It's a, I think I just always assumed it was a lot harder to do, but you literally just type it and YouTube does it for you automatically. So thank God. Um, and yeah, so I just really want to focus on like making this podcast as like the best it could be. And I also just had this idea I wanted to run past you guys. I know you love hearing about the books that I read. And I know I've kind of tried to do like a book club here and there. But I think it's more, it's just a little more casual. Um, So I have been getting some TikToks on my For You page of like girls talking about books that they're reading. So I thought, why don't I start doing that? So that's my goal this week is to try that out and just have, I guess, just like be more active on TikTok because I'm always like trying to figure out what my I mean for the past like 
year, I guess, like past few months, definitely. I've just been trying to figure out like what is my thing on TikTok because like some videos will really pop off, but then it's like, it's not like I have a clear idea of like what it is. So when you don't have a clear idea, it's hard to be consistent because it's not like, oh, well, this is it. And I can just make a bunch of ideas based off the vibe, <laughs> like, you know, the grand overall overarching theme. Um, but so I've been working on that, I guess, is what I wanted to say. So let me know if you would be interested in seeing that just like quick videos, because I always would get requests and still to this day, you know, requests on my YouTube channel to do book videos, but they just never really do well. And I just feel like on TikTok, it would just be so much easier to do like a short like, oh, I just read this in this book, like add them all to a playlist and you can just see like what I'm reading and get those live updates. So let me know what you think about that. I definitely want to, I think I'm going to try it, but I also definitely wanted to run it past you guys um, just to be more consistent on there and, you know, have more of like a thing. Like, I think I want it to be more like, you know, like the rants I do were just like, oh, like thinking about this and then like big sis advice, book, not necessarily book reviews, but like mini book clubs, like I'm going to share with you guys the books that I'm currently reading today in this podcast. But like, oh, this is what I learned about this or that or whatever. So let me know what you think. Um, but I feel like it's a low key good idea. Um, and then also, <laughs> I feel like I've mentioned this before, but have you guys seen the lives where people will be studying or working and they'll just have a little like, like it's like a live on TikTok, but it's, they're quiet, just playing like lo-fi music or something. And they'll have a little whiteboard or a little sign that's like, oh, like study with me. Like we could all use a break from our phones. Like just put your phone down and we can study together. What if I did that with like reading or like, I guess I could do working too. Like if I'm just working on my computer or something, but would you guys be interested in that? Because I just wanted to like diversify and just, I guess like really narrow down my niche, I guess, like <laughs> Because even with lives, like I've tried to go live and it's just always like, I just feel like there's not that main point or like just main like theme. It's like, what is this? I'm just like chit-chatting. Like that's not always interesting because I don't know. So let me know. Like I can only, I can only just like talk because sometimes, especially on like IG, don't get me wrong. I love just going live and like chatting with you guys. And there's not really like a point necessarily to it. Like, oh, this is what this live is about. Um, it's like, you know, we're just talking. Maybe I'll answer questions. Like I love that once in a while, but I feel like it just gets old really fast. That's not something I can do consistently. So let me know what you think about that idea. Is that something you would watch? Um, yeah, so anyway, let's continue on with the rest of the podcast. The first topic I wanted to discuss today is this TikTok I saw from Five Hayhem on TikTok. So sorry if I completely butchered that, but I will link the TikTok down below. So it says, when you stop expecting people, I don't want to play it because I don't know if the sound will get copyrighted on YouTube, but it says, when you stop expecting people to read your mind, set expectations and boundaries, and realize you weren't too nice, just horrible at communication. <laughs> and that really hit home for me because I know I've talked about it a lot on this podcast, like my own journey, I guess, in setting boundaries and just, I don't know, I guess how many layers there are to that, like as a woman and just as you know, I guess like someone with anxiety and someone who, I don't know, I feel like especially a lot of women deal with this, like people pleasing and just wanting people to 
be happy with you and you kind of base your self-worth and esteem on like other people's perception of you or like whether or not you're good like falling into the good girl oh my god the good girl category um and we just spend a lot of our lives like trying to fit into that and like basically putting other people's needs and feelings before our own um and this tiktok just really summed it up for me because you guys know again i've talked about it before but I just like the whole too nice, like specifically the phrase being too nice thing really struck me because that's just always how I used to describe myself. Like if you were to ask me how I would describe myself, you know, when I first moved to LA or in high school, I would just be like, oh, I'm just nice. I'm so chill. I'm easygoing. Or, you know, in friendships, I just always want the other person to decide, you know, like where we were going, what we were doing oh, like, I just, I don't like making decisions, you know, you can pick, or I don't care, I want to do whatever you want to do, and it's like, once I kind of started to realize, like, oh, it's not that I'm so chill, or so nice, like, I mean, I would consider myself a nice person, definitely, but you can still be a nice person, and have your own opinions, and stick up for yourself, and stick up for those opinions, and your needs, and wants, and I think causing conflict doesn't always or you know bringing up an uncomfortable topic or having an uncomfortable conversation that could lead to conflict that doesn't mean you're not a nice person you know like setting a boundary doesn't make you a mean horrible bitch like even though it can feel like it and I think I actually made a TikTok kind of about that recently like a little it was like a trend um but it's so true like it's like oh I wasn't just too nice I was just bad at communicating (laughs) and That also kind of like struck me because, you know, if I think of a bad communicator, (laughs) no offense to the community, but I usually think of like a bro who just like forgets to text you back or like doesn't let you know what they're doing. Like I would think of bad communication as no communication. And while that is true, I think bad communication can look like a whole lot of different things. So bad communication can also be saying you're fine when you're not, saying you're okay with something when you're not, not speaking up when you're uncomfortable with something, you know, um, saying, yeah, like saying you're fine. Oh no, don't worry about it. I'm actually not offended at all. Like, haha, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. Laughing emoji. (laughs) It's like, you don't, not everything needs to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. And I think just as I get older, it just becomes so much more of a priority for me to speak up because number one, I've realized that I really have nothing to lose, you know, if I have to set a boundary or say something makes me uncomfortable to someone, whether it's a friend or someone I'm dating, it's like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to cuss me out. They're going to not want to hang out with me anymore. If I know (laughs) I'm a very reasonable person. So any concern I have is going to be valid, period. So if you are the type of person to want to argue with me after I bring up something that's bothering me. Like, why would I even want you in my life? Um, Also, what really motivates me now to speak up for myself and create an uncomfortable situation, even if it's I'm the only one feeling uncomfortable, is it's just like no one else is going to do that for you. And it's just like, I don't want to be known as you know oh the bitch that will just put up with anything or like oh yeah just ask her she'll say yes she always says yes you know like 
that's not my vibe. Sorry. I want to be respected. I don't want to deal with bullshit. I don't want anyone to present me with bullshit or associate me with bullshit. (laughs) So let me set these boundaries right away. So you don't even think that you can, you know, disrespect me. Okay. Like, it's not just like a given or like, oh yeah, like not everyone, like there's fucked up people in this world who want to like take advantage of nice people or, you know, people who have difficulty in setting boundaries or saying no. But then it's also just like, Someone could just not even know. Someone could not even have, I guess, like bad intentions of like, oh, I want to take advantage of this girl because she's so easy to, she's just so easy for her to say yes. They could just like genuinely not know. Like, oh, well, they're not speaking up, so it must not bother them, you know? So you have to be your number one advocate. And yeah, just as I get older, it just is so much more important because it's like, bro, no one has your back like you can have your back, you know? And that's the number one, like most important relationship in your life is the relationship with yourself because you're you're only constant. So sometimes we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and tell ourselves, bitch, you're kind of a poor communicator. (laughs) We could be a little more direct. That was my problem for a long time. It's just not being direct because sometimes it can just feel so scary. I still definitely struggle with it today, but you know, I've learned a lot of tips and tricks and I think just recognizing what it is, you know, when you're mindful of it and aware of what's happening, like, oh, I... You know, someone says something or asks me for something that I'm not comfortable answering or agreeing to or whatever, I am able to recognize now right away, like, oh, I'm feeling like I need to set a boundary. And then sometimes I feel a little bit scared, like, or like uncomfortable or just like uneasy, like, oh, what if they think I mean? And I start that kind of cycle of thoughts in my head, like, oh, I don't want to be a bitch. Oh, trying to talk myself out of it. It's not that big of a deal. You know, it's just this one thing. I could say yes. Mm mm mm. And I think something, I know I've said this before, I heard it on like a therapist's Instagram account, but it was something along the lines of learning to recognize that feeling of like being uncomfortable when you're going to speak up for yourself or set a boundary or tell someone no. Learn to recognize that feeling of like discomfort in you as like, I'm doing something positive for myself, you know, I'm, I'm being my number one advocate right now, you know, I'm, this is practicing self-care, even though it feels really uncomfortable in the moment, it's so much more worth it on the other side versus like, okay, well, I, I'm, you know, putting aside my discomfort just to say yes, to get through the situation. And then I'm going to feel even worse later. Um, so let me know if that's something that you struggle with and deal with. I know, again, I'm, a lot of women struggle with this because we're kind of taught through, society and gender roles that we just have to accommodate you know everyone else above above ourselves but anyone can really deal with it you know a lot of men deal with this and you know also because of patriarchy and hyper masculinity and just how deep that runs in our culture a lot of men have trouble you know having uncomfortable conversations because it does require vulnerability like to say like oh this bothers me in like a clear, just like direct way, instead of like not being direct, beating around the bush or just being overly aggressive and like violent. You know, those are both, they're two extremes, but they're both kind of ways of just avoiding vulnerability and like just getting right to the point with someone and like sharing how you feel. So it's kind of interesting how it can manifest in different ways, but ultimately it's like 
you you just gotta you gotta be vulnerable bro like that's kind of the real issue why do i feel enlightened now but anyway <laughs> let me know if you've ever dealt with this what your tips and tricks are is it something you've worked on what have you learned about yourself about others let me know i would love to hear so kind of switching gears but also not families have a lot going on let ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids and for parents try three new brainy chews to help you focus chill out or get energized Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's kind of in the same vibe. I finished this book, My Grandmother's Hands, which is about trauma in the body, specifically racialized trauma. So just how trauma affects black people it's mostly about black people white people and police officers which can be you know any race but just the trauma that like runs through all of these different groups of people and where it comes from and how to process it and you know all of that so i would definitely recommend this i found this book a lot easier to read than the body keeps the score and at the end of, I think it's at the end of each chapter, but there will be body exercises. So things you can do to ground yourself, to feel your feelings, um, and just to, yeah, to feel different emotions in your body. Um, so I think this is a really important book, you know, to read. There's just a lot of important material in here and it just covers so many different topics that it's like, it's really like a gem. So the part that really stuck out to me is chapter 12, the wisdom of clean pain. So basically he talks about how, and this is kind of what, this reminds me of what I was just kind of saying, um, but he talks about how there is clean pain and dirty pain. Clean pain is about choosing integrity over fear. It is about letting go of what's familiar but harmful, finding the best parts of yourself and making a leap with no guarantee of safety or praise. This healing does not happen in your head. It happens in your body. And it is more likely to happen in a body that can stay settled in the midst of conflict and uncertainty. When you come out of the other side of this process, you will experience more than just relief. Your body will feel more settled and present. There will be a little more freedom in it and more room to move. You will experience a sense of flow and you will have grown up a notch. The alternative paths of avoidance, blame, and denial are paved with dirty pain. When people respond from their most wounded parts and choose dirty pain, they only create more of it, both for themselves and for other people. When white supremacists discuss race in America, many of their arguments and positions are expressions of dirty pain in forms of fighting, fleeing, or freezing. Some common examples include talking but not listening, taking over all the energy in the room, denying other people's lived experiences, jumping to statistics that are usually incorrect, um... Focusing solely on personal responsibility and individualism, reductionism, objectification, the list goes on. White progressives have their own forms of dirty pain. This can include white guilt, white, white savior complex, ugly sympathy, and taking over all the energy in the room by freaking out or bursting into tears. So then he goes over five different anchors that can help you settle into your body and, you know, ultimately help you stay settled in uncomfortable situations and just fully help you like process those emotions and this was really helping me I mean obviously it's like good to think about with 
the whole point of this book, which is about racism. But this, you can really apply these, this practice to anything. And I was specifically thinking about it with anxiety. And it was interesting because I read this par- this um, chapter right before, like a day or so before I was getting on my flight back home. And if you guys know me, I definitely, I deal with a lot of like anxiety and kind of like that. I don't know. I guess it's like a panic disorder for sure. Now that we have a diagnosis. Um, But planes have always been like a really big thing for me of just like, it's not like I'm scared of flying. I'm scared I'm going to get into a plane crash. But it's just kind of that sense of like, not like, oh, what if I have a panic attack? I have nowhere to go. Like just kind of feeling uncomfortable and very unsettled in my body. Um, So I was really thinking of these five steps while I was in that situation and it definitely helped a lot. So I will just go over them with you guys. Um, The first one is to soothe yourself, to quiet your mind, calm your heart and settle your body. You know, mentally telling yourself to calm down, just kind of taking a pause. So this could be, you know, he kind of uses the example of like, someone says something really triggering to you or you're kind of in a situation where things get heated, like just taking a break to like pause, resettle yourself, like kind of collect yourself. Don't say anything. Don't speak without thinking. Maybe go to the bathroom and take some deep breaths. Um, As far as anxiety goes, or if you feel like kind of panicky, um, this could look like, you know, not like just kind of taking like a moment to just be like, come back to it, take a deep breath, chill. Um, Just chill. (laughs) No, but you know, like kind of recognize what's happening and like just pause. So the second step is simply notice the sensations, vibrations, and emotions in your body instead of reacting to them. Um, So this could be, for me, I always notice like my hands, I notice my shoulders, I try to drop my shoulders, unclench my jaw. Um... A lot of the times, if I'm just experiencing any sort of unpleasant emotion, especially anxiety, though, I kind of have the tendency to like grip my hands or, you know, my whole body will just get very tense. I know most people can relate to that because you're starting to kind of get into that flight or fight or I guess freeze mode. So it's like you have that adrenaline going, but just noticing it, especially with anxiety and kind of like panic disorders and stuff. A lot of the times that is kind of the make or break point um, because you notice these things happening. Like, oh my God, my heart's pounding really fast. My body feels tense. I'm sweating. Like, oh my God, like what if I have a panic attack? Or like, oh my God, like I just feel so anxious. What if I get more anxious? Or like, what if I have a heart attack? Like all these thoughts start running through your mind. So if you're able to just kind of pause and just kind of notice it. Also something I learned in therapy was that when you either write down or just say like think to yourself make a mental list of everything that's happening in your body it keeps the logical part of your brain on so and this book talks about it too but we have our lizard brain which is kind of like our very animal animalistic like just animal brain like it's going to tell us whether to f- flee or to fight or whatever we need to do to survive. And then we have our vagus nerve, which is our emotional body. And it goes down into our stomach and that can 
that's kind of where we get like gut instincts from, you know, oh, I usually like feel that in my gut or like whatever, like that's our emotional brain. And then we have our logical brain. And so when we're feeling just overwhelmed with emotion or with anxiety, with whatever, a lot of the times our logical brain tends to shut off. And that's why it's so hard to think clearly or to make good decisions or just any decision because that part of our brain is literally shut off and we're just kind of focused on our, I mean, we're just, you know, it's just our emotional brain taking over and sending messages to our lizard brain, which is going to tell us like whether to fight, whether to run away, etc. So if you're able to write down, ultimately write down, but even just keep a list in your mind and keep that part, that logical thinking part of your brain on like, okay, my hands feel tense. My hands are sweating. My heart's pounding. I Maybe if you're angry, like I feel really hot. My face is getting hot. Um, I have a pit in my stomach or my stomach is in knots or my chest feels heavy. Um, I don't really feel like at ease with my body. I always notice personally when I feel really anxious, it's like my body feels very compartmentalized, like each part of my body. It doesn't feel like a flow, you know, and I always notice it when I am anxious and then settle down because then it's like all of a sudden I notice, oh, the warmth is back to my hands. It doesn't just feel like my hands are like these cold, sweaty things like separate from the rest of my body. It's like everything is like flowing again. Um, so that has honestly really helped me. Anyway, number three is accepting the discomfort and noticing when it changes instead of trying to flee from it. If you feel an urge to push away the the discomfort, don't. Keep your attention focused directly on it. Stay with it and notice when it changes because if you don't flee from it, at some point it will. And dude, it's just so crazy. I mean, I feel like I talk about anxiety on every single one of these podcasts, but I just know so many people relate. And it's just so interesting, I guess, to talk about my own experience and just how it changes. Um, But this is exactly what happens to me. Like, ever since I read that article end of last year about about that, basically, like sticking with it and especially with anxiety, but it can be really with any emotion. Like, if you just stick with it and you don't listen to it when it's telling you to run away, it's going to change because your brain realizes like, like that emotional part of your brain realizes like, oh, we're actually safe. And then it tells your lizard brain, okay, we can calm the body down because we're safe. Like we can regulate versus if you run away, your, your brain is going to think like, oh yeah, good thing we ran away. It must've been really unsafe. And then next time you're in a situation like that, whether you're experiencing anxiety, someone says something to you that it just makes you really angry or upset your, that urge to run away from it or to fight or whatever it was, like it's going to be even stronger because that's how you reacted the last time. Um, but yeah, just really like having that experience of like, if I just stay with it, my body's going to learn to calm down. And it's just so much about like, again, the body and not mentally like your brain. I've just been learning so much. Like <laughs> um, Number four, Stay present and in your body as you move through the unfolding experience with with all of its ambiguity and uncertainty and respond from the best parts of yourself. Don't try to know what happens next. If someone asks you a question and your only honest response is that, I don't know, say, I don't know. Um, When you find yourself focusing on the future or the past, use the first three anchors to bring yourself back to your body and back to the here and now. When your attention moves to what's wrong with you or what a jerk the other person is, use the first three anchors to bring you back to the present. Um, 
and yeah, just acting from the best parts of yourself. And something I also kind of learned in therapy or heard is, you know, the anxious part of you or maybe the angry part of you, whatever emotional part of you it is, that's not like all of you. You know, it's just a part of you. And you can react and live in the best parts of you. Um, And then number five, safely discharge any energy that remains. Um, And then he talks about, you know, with animals in the wild, after there's like a high speed chase or something like he says, a zebra that has just outrun a lion will vigorously shake itself or ripple the skin along its back. Other animals will roll on the ground, run in a circle, things like that. So doing things like exercise, running, yard work, dancing, most sports, you might experience a sudden urge to push your hands in the air or run around the block or shake your head vigorously, shout, and just to be open to letting your body do what it wants as long as it's not like hurting yourself or anybody else. If you do want to like punch someone, just punch a pillow, but basically just like letting that energy go through you. Like, you know, those viral tweets that are like, after my mental breakdown and it's like someone dancing or singing or just being happy it's like that's because you were able to discharge the energy like that's why these men who don't cry for 30 years are so fucked up because they're not releasing any of that pent-up energy like after you cry you feel so much better it's like after you throw up usually you feel so much better like you know it's like you just got to get through it and then you're on the other side you're gonna be like amazing (laughs) you know like oh my god Ew, I don't want to talk about throwing up. But Okay, trigger warning. If you don't want to hear about throwing up, skip a minute. <laughs> this one time in third grade, I had food poisoning because it was the 100th day of school. And there was like this thing where you like, there was all these Fruit Loops in a pile and you had to make a Fruit Loop necklace with 100 Fruit Loops. All the kids were eating them, touching them. I got some kind of bug. I just remember feeling so sick. Threw up in the night. I threw up in the hallway. That was me. And I just remember feeling so, like, it's so vivid in my memory. Like, I threw up, and I felt so good after. Like, I just imagined, like, wow, I could, like, go play with my friends outside right now. I could run around. Like, I feel great. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and that just always, that just, like, really stuck with me. Like, anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, also, he says things that will not help is like yoga meditation like after when you're trying to discharge energy those are great for like relaxing you but they will gather rather than disperse your energy so you need to do something like high energy like working out running dancing doing some jumping jacks like again like maybe you need to shout or like do something like that um so our emotions how do we deal with them bro it's just like so interesting to learn all of this stuff because you just realize like how how applicable it is in the day-to-day life lives that we all live but also just how like just like why things happen and especially with me when it comes to like anxiety learning a lot about it and just like how it's just like knowledge is power so how it's different parts of my brain and how like I need to train my brain. Like it's not like me, it's like my brain, <laughs> you know, and just like learning about all the different parts of the brain and like how things work and like, yeah, it's just really fascinating. Um, so it's like a personal science experiment, you know, when I'm experiencing anxiety, I'm like, well, let me just like see what happens. <laughs> it makes it li- like a little less scary. 
So if you can relate, let me know. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely recommend this book um, to anyone and everyone because again, it is very relevant and it just has a lot of like good tips that I feel like everyone needs. It's just crazy that we're not taught this. Like hopefully, you know, some of us are lucky to have parents or someone in our lives growing up that kind of like taught us that it was okay to express emotions and like how to do that safely and like whatnot. But most, most of us don't, and we're not taught this in school. And especially just when it comes to like mental health and all of that, it just makes you realize like how unprioritized mental health is in our society. And like, no wonder everything is the way that it is. And like, it just, it affects everything. It's like, if people just knew like a few tips and tricks, if men were just fucking allowed to cry, if we were allowed to cry without being like, oh, you're so emotional. Like, bro, you realize everyone has emotions, right? Like, that's why you fucking feel like a piece of shit and, like, horrible because you haven't cried in, like, 10 years. And, like, you expect to, like, be, like, be a normal functioning person? Like, what? <laughs> it's just, like, ugh. Anyway, I will link this book down below, but you should definitely read it. And it's amazing. So I haven't read that much of this book yet to really speak on it. But I did want to just share with you guys that I started a new book, Dayonomics. I heard about this on TikTok. But it is basically about, let me just read you the little thing. Using a combination of demographics, statistics, game theory, and number crunching, Datanomics tells what every college educated, when you didn't go to college, every stellar podcast educated, heterosexual, looking for a partner, single woman needs to know. The man deficit is real. It's, fascinating if, it's a fascinating if sobering read with two critical takeaways. One, it's not you. Two, knowledge is power, so here's what to do about it. So we shall see, but so far, just in the first couple chapters, I think I'm on chapter three at this point. Um, but it just kind of talks about how there's more women going to college than men these days, and just how when there is more eligible women than there are men, then men have less of a reason to commit because like the dating pool is just so abundant for them. Like, oh, they could talk to a new girl every day. Like it doesn't matter versus when there's more men than women, men are a lot more likely to, you know, want to lock it down and like, oh, claim their girl because there's all these other guys. He used this example of, it was a quote from some girl, but she was like, oh, you know, if you come across like, uh, an attractive, educated man, it's like an event. Like, it's so rare. And it's not so true. Like, I know we all talk about it all the time. Like, if you go to a party, if you go out, if you go out in public, you will see multiple pretty women and girls. And it is so rare that you see just like an attractive, put together man. So I wonder also how, and I wonder if this book is going to discuss it. I don't know yet, but I wonder also how much of it is just like, women there's a lot more pressure on women to find a partner to make ourselves eligible and i guess ready almost for a partner like oh just being selfless and again putting others first being attractive and that that can go into you know heavy patriarchy and like misogyny and just ex but like body expectations and all of that but also just like hygiene like just there is so much less pressure on men I guess to to look good and to like I don't know think of others like 
so <laughs> I wonder also how much of that like I just feel like like look at like you know when people have like a son and they're like oh yeah like they just like love their son so much but then they have a daughter and they're just like mm, yeah like I guess she does the laundry for us <laughs> oh yeah my son like I just love my son so boy mom <laughs> kill me bro oh my god so yeah i don't really have any like crazy statistics or information takeaways from this book yet because i did just start it but this is definitely one of the books that i want to talk about on tiktok kind of as i read it so it's definitely gonna also keep me accountable if i since i do want to be like taking notes on this as well so hopefully by the next by next week's podcast episode i will be able to give you some facts and just a rundown of the book if it's a if it's worth a read if not if I learn anything. Um, but yeah, I, hopefully this book has some answers because it is definitely hard to, it can be very difficult to date. Um, even though I'm not in a college scenario or anything like that. But yeah, we shall see. So let me know if you've read this and I will link it down below if you're interested in reading it at the same time as me. Okay, so last topic of the day is... A- this episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Another TikTok reference. This TikTok is from Celebrity Memoir Book Club. And this is one of the accounts that kind of inspired me to start making book tiktoks they obviously as their at suggests only talk about celebrity memoirs and i actually got chris jenner's memoir to read because of this tiktok but she is i will link the original tiktok down below but she's basically talking about how there was a clip from i don't know if it's from the new show or i think it's just from an interview of chloe kardashian talking about um tristan and how you know luckily she was able to get him in the room as she was giving birth because she wanted him to be in the video of her giving birth and of her daughter's of her daughter's birth so that her daughter could look back on that and be like like just have that memory of her dad being there when she was born um so then the girl references chris jenner's memoir and how there's a page about i think it was right after chris had courtney and kim and just kind of that early life of their family and stuff and just how she would like, like Chris is like, it was kind of her morning routine or like her daily routine of, you know, getting my daughters so cute with the bows in their hair and their perfect matching outfits. And then I would go play tennis with my friends. And Loki, I was like, this sounds so chic. <laughs> but just like how picture perfect they were. And like, oh, then I would bathe my daughters and just like put them in their fresh nightgowns and they just looked so perfect and all of this stuff. Um... And so the takeaway was kind of like, okay, this is what makes them such good influencers is they're able to make things very aesthetically pleasing and make things look a certain way. Like, oh, if I get him in the delivery room, it looks like on the video, it will look like this happy memory of like, oh, both, you know, my dad was there when I was born and like, oh my God. But it's like, really, that wasn't what was going on at the time. It's not like real um and you know how they always they have their christmas i don't think they do that anymore but you know the christmas card photos and just how they're always like oh it's for the memories and it's like at what point is it just kind of like for the image and not really to capture like what was actually happening in your life and then she makes the point of being a good influencer 
isn't always compatible with being a good person. And I thought that was a very good point, not only when it comes to this, but just with so many things and even just, you know, creative burnout and how it's it's just hard to, you know, make content and actually be truly creative at the rate at which like the internet wants us to be or the way that we feel that like we should. And then just kind of that idea of like, oh, if I take a photo and all my kids look really cute and adorable and perfect in the photo, like that means I'm a good mom. And I think it was some kind of quote from Chris Jenner's memoir that was like, oh, I was such a good mom because, you know, like my kids looked so adorable and like everything just looked really nice. And it's like things looking nice isn't doesn't automatically equate to like, oh, you're a good parent or like, you know, things are actually good, you know, beneath just this image. So some of the comments also talked about this. Somebody said, kids remember things that were not curated or edited and understand way more than what grown-ups think they do. Someone said, it's also associated with narcissistic parenting. Those kind of parents only care about the image that's projected outside. Someone said, I think you just danced around the world superficial it's interesting because if you watch all the seasons of the show they always say everything is to make memories and it's like a scripted line they repeat yeah like the act of curating a perfect memory to look back on in the future is more important than actually living through it and then someone else said this reminds me of kim having her glam squad on hold weeks before her birth because she wanted to look good in the picture for when north will post it on her instagram when she's older Oh my god. And someone else said, I feel like they've just always had money and safety, so the only thing left is to make things beautiful. I don't think they're a bad family. And then this girl replied and said, safety is so much more than you think it is for a child. You can have all the money in the world, but that doesn't mean the kids are going to feel safe. And that's very true. Physical safety is a lot different than emotional safety. In fact, this girl continues, one could argue that the obsessive eating and obsessive body image will make the kids feel very unsafe. Being obsessed with image is superficial and not real, which is what kids crave and need. It just reminds me of just all the influencers, all the family channels, and just people really exploiting their children. <laughs> and just like how there's no real regulations. And that's a whole nother topic. I really don't have the time to get into that today. But... <laughs> It's just like crazy. I keep seeing videos about that as well. So let me know if you want me to go a little deeper into that, maybe in a future episode. Um, but what do you guys think? Like, I don't know. It's like how, it's just that whole topic of like, is Instagram real life? <laughs> no. And I guess what's the difference of, you know, just making things look aesthetic because it's fun like I know I really like taking aesthetic photos like especially on my Instagram story like I love a good aesthetic story I can appreciate a good aesthetic photo or just like story vibe of an aesthetic feed but at what point is it unrealistic and especially when someone has millions and millions of followers at what point is it kind of sending the wrong message or just a, a false message of like what it means to be like a parent or what it means to just be a woman <laughs> name a woman <laughs> I think low-key it's impossible to not curate because even if you're like I'm just gonna put like it's the whole casual Instagram debate too like a casual Instagram feed you're like oh I'm just not gonna care what I post like it's just that's still kind of curating an image it's the image of just I don't care you know or like oh I'm just laid back it's impossible. The thing is, it's impossible to post literally everything that you go through, every emotion you experience, every event that takes place. So I think everything's a little curated, but obviously there are some extremes. 
And there are people who try, I think, really hard and harder than others to portray their lives a certain way. So where's the balance, I guess? Like, can there be a balance? Is social media just ruining all of our lives? Like, do we all just have unrealistic expectations of what we should look like and what our family should look like and what it means to be a good mom and, like, what it means to be a good person, you know? I don't know. Let me know. <laughs> but I just thought that was super interesting. And again, I will link the original TikTok down below. But I am low-key interested to read this Chris Jenner memoir just to kind of, like, I don't know, like, I'm reading it with curiosity, not because I'm, like, such a, like, oh, my God, I'm going to... I'm a huge fan. Like, I'm just like, hmm, like, what does she have to say? Like, um, and I guess just with her, it's so interesting because she kind of like built this whole empire, and it's about her life. So it's like, where did she start? And like, kind of, it's interesting to kind of see how she was raised and like her background. And it's like, what steps did she take? Like, I've just read the first few chapters of that as well. So I will keep y'all updated. Um, anyway, I think that's all we have to talk about today there is a new moon in taurus a solar eclipse on saturday the 30th so have your manifestations ready um new moons especially eclipses are such an important powerful time to manifest and put the energy you want out there and especially in taurus season which is already such a fertile season you know it's a great time for planting those seeds your hopes your dreams your wishes and letting them grow it's springtime this is a season of manifestation on the way to summer abundance and Leo season. So thank you guys so much for watching and listening. As always, don't forget to take a screenshot of this, an aesthetic boomerang, an aesthetic pic if you're listening in your car, on your TV, etc. Um, take a picture of your hot girl walk, insert the image. I love when y'all do that. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, everyone.